morning, everyone. It's good to be with you. Happy spring to you all, now that spring is officially here. I'm very much looking forward to warmer weather. And welcome back to those of you who have been traveling on spring break. Um, we had a nice quick trip to Omaha and went to the zoo for the first time there, and the kids really enjoyed it. It was nice weather, and I am still sore today from all of the walking that we did, so two days it's been. But it was really nice, and just looking forward to sending the kids back to school this week, too. All right, would you please join me in prayer as we begin, begin today? Lord God, thank you that you are a God of new beginnings and that we are your new creations, God. That the old has gone and the new has come and that spring is here now, Lord. And as we look around and see the sun shining and the beauty of your creation, would we be reminded of how much you love us and care about us, your children, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are going through Romans still, and you know what? We only have five chapters left. We have been going since the fall, and now we're entering into chapter 12, so um, it's hard to believe that we're nearing the end of Romans. And last week, Pastor Andrew talked about the end of Romans 11 for us, and he was talking about how we all make up the body of Christ. We are all part of this covenant tree, and some other words that might um, refer to the covenant tree that we are is the family of God, the body of believers, the body of Christ, the community of Christ. Um, all of that is us coming together as fellow believers of Jesus Christ. And this message of us being the body of Christ was not just for the Jews of that time, um, it was also for the Gentiles of that time who were engrafted into the family of God. Um, and for us today, as well, that makes us all equal members in the body of Christ. We are all part of the family of God. And it was all out of God's kindness and mercy because he saved us through his son, Jesus Christ, that we are part of this family. And so we are supposed to display that kindness and love and mercy to one another. And that brings us to Romans 12 today, where we get into some of the nitty-gritty details about what it looks like to be members of the body of Christ. Awesome. And so the way we're going to be doing that is by going through our passage today and looking at three major points of what it looks like to be the body of Christ. We're going to talk about what it looks like to renew our minds um, for us individually, and then going into the larger scale of how that affects us as members of the body of Christ. We are many members, but one body um, and then how we are all different, but we're equal members of the body of Christ. So, the big question then for us today is how do we live and love and support one another as the body of Christ? Well, first, Paul talks about us renewing our minds. And when you think of the word renew, I want you to think of the word renovating. I don't know if you've ever gone into a renovation project, but um, say you want to renovate your office. You don't go into your office and take everything down just to put it back up. You usually want to do something new with it. Um, or you don't get the sledgehammer out and tear down all your cabinets and countertops just to piece them all back together and put it back up. <laughs> or you don't go out to buy appliances that are old to replace your current ones. You usually go out to buy ones that are more efficient and durable and more effective. 
So renovating is a process of becoming better than before. It's about um, becoming new. And that's the same with our minds as well. It's a matter of growing up, of maturing and becoming stronger with new vigor and changing our minds into something new that is not like before, but something better. And out of this new mindset, we then live. So an important part of renewing our mind, as Paul says, is not conforming to this world. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so when I look at this passage, that just this verse alone, there's a lot packed into this passage. So what does it even mean to be worldly, to conform to the pattern of this world? It means to agree with and live with for the things of earth and of mankind that are not of God. The philosophies and principles that run counter to the kingdom of God. And we'll get into more detail in that in just a minute. But does that mean that everything in this world is bad? Didn't God make this world? Should I not love things of this world? Well, what he's saying is that in this world, there's a difference between loving what is of God in this world than loving the world itself. So God has given us great things in this world. He's given us life, our families, our friends, our callings and vocations, um, he provides for us. I mean, look at the beautiful nature that we have around us. Those things are great to love because God has given them to us. So then what does it mean to conform to this world? What is Paul talking about when he says, do not conform to this world? Well, it means if we are conforming to this world, we are fashioning ourselves or patterning our life after what is not of God. And to mimic it and to agree with it, to align our perspectives with it, and to put it above God. It's idolatry. That's what we've been talking about with the Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes on Wednesday evenings about how we are to love God and love others above all else. And this means even putting worldly morals or people and desires above God and above Scripture. How many times do we open up the Scripture to read and we begin making our own interpretations of what it means so that it fits our desires or our morals or our values rather than taking the time to dig into what Scripture is actually saying to us and what message God is teaching us about the kingdom of God. So then, if we're not conformed to the patterns of this world, then we need to know what the difference is, right? What does it look like to live in the kingdom mindset. And that's why I included our Colossians reading today because um, in it we see the difference between having a worldly mind and a kingdom mindset or a mind of Christ. And so the worldly mindset looks something like this. Um, according to Colossians, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, anger, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying. Can you see how our world today can feed these things into our lives? We've all fallen into this category at some point in our lives. But then the mind of Christ images our, our creator, images God. It's compassionate, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving, being thankful, doing everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, and love above all else. 
And so love is like the most important part of it. And that's part of the Ten Commandments too. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourselves. It's said in Colossians that we're to put our hearts and our minds on things above. On the kingdom of God and what he desires. So when we renew our minds, we are patterning ourselves after Christ Jesus and his agape love. That word agape is the kind of love that God demonstrated for us. The selfless love he showed us when Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. For our sin. For all the times we've lived in the worldly mindset Jesus Christ has died for. It's a love that knows no bounds, is unconditional. It doesn't keep a list of all the things we do wrong. It does not rejoice in injustice. It's faithful and trustworthy and hopeful. And it exists regardless of the circumstances. So if we're supposed to be that to one another, then um, Billy Graham has a great quote for us that helps us understand this. It says, agape love is selfless love. The love that God wants us to have isn't just an emotion, but a conscious act, a mindful act of the will, a deliberate decision on our part to put others ahead of ourselves. This is the kind of love that God has for us. So if we want to do this, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to continuously renew our minds every day, and we need to surrender to the Holy Spirit to lead us to do just that. So then how do we renew our minds? Well, first, I believe it begins with the word of God, the holy scriptures. The scriptures teach us about God's righteousness and how to live like him. It tells us who he is. It says all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching us and each other. It's useful for rebuking and correcting us and each other and training in righteousness. God training us and us learning from it to live righteously together so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This means that we take scripture seriously and we wrestle with it. There are going to be things we find in the scriptures that are going to be hard to read and we might not understand because we wrestle with the world (laughs) today. But let's do that together and individually Sit with the word of God and see how his will is perfect in the scriptures because ours is not perfect. Next, I would ask the question, what am I feeding my mind? If you've ever been on a diet before, you know what it's like to feel full of sugar and junk food and feel sluggish and tired. But then when you switch to real food, um, living food that's good for you, something changes in you. You become stronger and healthier and more energized. And it's the same way with our minds. We need to feed our minds and our souls the things of God, the scripture, worship, prayer, Christian community, Christian friendship. We need to care about what we are taking into our minds, what we are watching, what we are listening to, participating in. And that's really hard to do because we live in this world, but we are not of this world. We are of the kingdom of God. And so we are going to face those temptations. For me, I have to exercise some extreme discipline so that I can keep the kingdom mindset on and living into the kingdom life that God wants me to. 
Um, for me, I've had to stop watching some TV shows or movies because they're damaging to my mind. They can stir up anger or lust or desires for the world that God does not desire. And I have to limit the things my kids watch or play or engage in because I know that that might not be things that God believes are good for them. Or for me, I can often fall victim to the worldly image of what a woman is supposed to look like. This last week, that was a huge eye-opener for me when I had to go to the dermatologist for some skin reactions, allergic reactions that I was having on my face, and he told me, no more makeup, and change out all of your soap, and you can only wash your face with this, and give up hand, special hand soaps and lotions, and it's like, wow, that's really hard to do, is to give up makeup of all things for me as a woman. But for now, that's what I'm wrestling with and what the Lord is teaching me to deal with. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, it's hard. Another thing for us in this world is technology and cell phones. Phones have become superheroes for us. They are efficient, they are fast, they have instant access to knowledge, and you can go anywhere with it, <laughs> can't you? But they can also be really damaging. They can be distracting. They can lead us to look at things and see things and read things that are not of God. But you know what? God is all of those things and better. God is always present with us. We always have access to him and his knowledge and his wisdom that is good for us. He is definitely efficient and effective, but he is good. And that's convicting for me and our family as well, as we are in an age where technology is so present in our world. And then lastly is discernment of the Holy Spirit. Taking time to talk with the Lord about godly habits of self-discipline and making it a way of living. What does that look like? Are there areas in our lives today where we need some renewing of mind? When I look at the list up here between the worldly mindset and the kingdom mindset, it's easy to get caught up in thinking that this is just another list of rules that we have to follow to stay in God's good graces. But what we need to remember is the work is done. Jesus Christ has died on the cross. Salvation is here for us. And instead of thinking this as a list of God pushing these things on us that you must do this or you must do that to earn your way into my kingdom, he's saying, you are a new creation and I am pulling you into me. I am drawing you close to me. And I want you to see how I can lead you into a better life. I'm guiding you with the Holy Spirit. And I want to lead you into a deeper understanding and experience of the life I have for you. Both individually and together. So then why does Paul go on to start talking about the body of Christ? He says, for just as each of us has one body with many members... And the members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to the other. Paul wants you to know that you are part of something greater. That you are not alone in this world. That you have a place where you belong. Where you are a member. You are part of the family. And what's so awesome is that God gifted us with different gifts and callings and abilities so that we can flourish as the body of Christ. But we can't flourish if we as individuals are not living in the kingdom mindset. 
living into the new creation. Every day, we each represent God as we come together. We come together with the same faith, believing in Jesus Christ. But we also come with different temperaments, personalities, backgrounds, callings, gifts, and abilities. And God wants to use those to unite us to carry out his mission in the kingdom of God. So what does that look like for us today? What does it look like to live collectively as transformed community? One, it's remembering that you are a new creation and that you have a calling and purpose in the body of Christ. It begins by knowing that you have a God-given identity, and it means believing and agreeing with God that you have that calling and purpose here, and then living out that transformation by daily surrendering to the Holy Spirit so that you can grow in your knowledge and understanding of who God wants you to be as part of this family in carrying out his mission. It also means valuing one another as the body of Christ, putting on the kingdom mindset, practicing agape love with each other, showing grace and mercy to each other. And we're all going to fall short. We all are. No one's perfect. But that's why we're called to practice that agape love, that forgiveness with one another. And thanks be to God that he is agape love, that regardless of who we are, that he still forgives us and loves us unconditionally. unconditionally. It also means dressing as God's people, fashioning ourselves, not physically, but spiritually. Remember that kingdom mindset that we just listed out? Clothing ourselves with compassion and kindness and humility. I know of people who every morning they wake up and they read Ephesians 6, which is the armor of God, and they wake up every day putting on the armor of God spiritually so they can face this world that's full of temptations. And then remembering that you're a new creation. You are gifted with salvation through the death of Jesus, and because of that, you are part of something awesome that is happening in this world, in this broken world. So I want to ask you today, how is God asking you to be transformed in mind? Are there areas of your home, of your family life, of relationships that you need to surrender to him? Are there areas within the family of God where perhaps there have been burned bridges and forgiveness needs to happen? But no matter what, what I want you to know is that we have the love of a God who cares about you, who has a place for you where you belong, and he is calling you into something deeper and greater with him. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that you are the one who transforms us, that leads us and guides us through the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray that within each and every one of us today, God, you would be stirring up discernment, and how you want us to live even more into this calling that you have given us, Lord. I pray that we would not be distracted by the things of this world, but instead pulled into your kingdom, God, seeing your power and glory and experiencing your love. You are such a good God, and I pray that we would all feel that and know that in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen.